and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry, why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. Each week I will release an episode. Each episode has three parts. My introduction to the topic and the guest, the guest interview and my conclusion. Some weeks I will talk to dog groomers with tips and experiences to share. Some weeks will be with mental health professionals for their advice and information as well. I'm talking about therapists, life coaches, scientists, doctors, neurodivergent experts and more. So this is the first full episode that I've released and here's what to expect. I wanted it to be a light-hearted introduction to the podcast with a guest who I know I can feel confident talking to, who is someone who has been in the industry long enough to know the different roles that various dog groomers play and also someone who I admire. I'm talking to Paula Bishop about just some of the ways that our role as a dog groomer can cause us stress and anxiety. As the episodes go on, I will look closer at each of these areas and many more with different guests offering ways to help. But today I wanted to keep things very general and light-hearted so you get an idea of what's to come. I also want to talk to Paula about outside of work, both how she relaxes and her hobbies. I chose this to be included as we all need a way to relax and wind down. I also think it's important to get out and see friends outside of work, to interact and get a change of scenery, and to have some good old fashioned fun. Before I started this podcast, I've never interviewed anyone before, so I apologise if I'm a bit overexcitable or if I interrupt a bit too much or get a bit jittery at times. And if I'm talking about an event or a grooming competition or something I've been to, the time frame might not actually add up quite right. And that's because basically I'm recording these interviews several weeks before they go out. Um, and I'm doing that because I don't want the pressure of having to sort out podcasts with like three days to spare and um, not have anything planned and not have anything prepared. That terrifies me. So yeah, if it doesn't add up quite right, I do apologise for that. But that's why. So, Paula Bishop has been a dog groomer for over 25 years. She has her full ICMG, she has both taken part in groomer competitions and has been a judge. And she has bred several show champion Bedlingtons, including the two that got the Bitch CC and reserved Bitch CC in Crufts 2018. Hi Paula and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. Um, how are you today? 
Um, I'm doing okay. I might be a bit croaky after all the talking I did yesterday at the show, but um, but apart from that, yeah, I'm good, thank you. And you? Yeah, I'm great. So yeah, we went to the Southeast Grooming Competition yesterday, um, and it was the first one, wasn't it? I think it was the first one they've ever put on. So yeah, really good day. So lots to see. Um, it was really busy, wasn't it? There's loads of people there. It was really crowded. I mean, I didn't get there till lunchtime. Unfortunately, I only live, literally live six minutes um, down the road. So in the car and uh, take the dogs yeah. out, do all the morning chores and then uh, <laughs> have, have a, a nice afternoon chatting rubbish with lots of other friendly groomers. And it was really good, really good day. Yeah. Yeah. Nice so to go to a show without any pressure of actually either competing or judging. It's just you go there and, and you enjoy just your day. Enjoy your day. Spend some money. Although I didn't actually spend that much money, which is nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> yeah, because there was actually quite a lot of trade stands there yesterday as well, wasn't there? Yeah, that was really well represented. It was it was good. Yeah. Good. So your getting there was a bit easier than mine. Obviously, I got held up in traffic twice. Um, coming from my end of the country, there was animals on the road and I think a van got stopped somewhere along the line as well. So when I, even though I left an hour and a half to spare, I actually arrived with three minutes to get on my table. <laughs> You just don't need that kind of added added stress, do you, when you're travelling somewhere? I literally, the lady said, oh, pre-judging starts at half twelve. And I was like, what time is it now? She said, "Mm, 12.27. I was like, see ya. (laughs) I have to say, I I came in not long after and you didn't look that flustered. So well done you for holding it together. I I was kind of looking for my stuff all the time, all the way through though. So um, yeah, best to be better prepared. But these things happen. Um, so, um, shall we just talk through a few things that, you know, do trigger a bit of stress and a bit of anxiety in the salon? Because yeah. there, are, there, there are so many aspects of dog grooming that can be stressful and provoke anxiety, you know, you know, from the basics where you've just got a difficult dog on the table to difficult owners and not having the correct equipment. Yeah. Um, I do think it's got worse in the last three years, since the pandemic, really, the the level of rudeness from the general dog-owning public just seems to, everybody I speak to seems to have a major problem with their customers at the moment. And yeah, it can it, be difficult. It can be really difficult, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's probably the, currently, I think that's probably the, the major um, place for stress and anxiety yeah. to, to start. Yeah, and like you said, with the pandemic, I think a lot of people have just gone out and bought dogs, like just in the moment because they're in lockdown, they're bored. Oh, it's absolutely, there's uh, been an absolute you know. explosion. And of course, well, when they're, when they're bought, they're not given any guidance, re No, grooming. very they, little advice. They turn up on the groomers, they're sort of six months old, they've had no puppy training, they have no socialisation because of the whole situation. And you know, a lot yeah. of that's not the owner's fault and it's not the breeder's no, fault. No, no. But it's and just also, a, a combination think... of all these factors, I think. That's, that's, yeah, um... and the financial situation of the country at the moment probably wasn't really thought about that much when people bought the dog, so you know they've got the stresses of oh can we afford to you know take them this often but the, absolutely is, that's their dog and it's got to be looked after the correct way so absolutely it, but I think uh, even before this that people uh, again it's another sweeping statement and I've got to be careful what I say it's going out and people are listening to it um but I think a lot of 
people buy dogs with very little understanding of how much it costs during their lifetime you know to have them support them look after them and you know grooming uh, feeding everything yeah absolutely yeah they soon add up and yeah the thing is as well is like people go and buy a car and usually they'll I mean if it's me buying a car I don't know anything about cars so I will find someone who knows about cars and ask them every question under the sun about whatever car it is that I'm looking at online because I need to know you know is it is it worth the money how much is it going to cost me in fuel you need to know that you can afford what you're buying but for some reason I don't always think people think that way about dogs because they just oh I I think it's it's cute I want it that is and you've hit the nail on the head you you go in you see a puppy and it doesn't matter what sort of situation it's in if it's in a bad situation you go I want to get that puppy out of there Mm -hmm. and then they go oh well I won't just take one I'll take two yeah you know all these sorts of things and it's it's yeah just a, a combination of factors that have led us to this situation but unfortunately um they are expensive and as you say with the cost of living the way that it's uh been the last sort of six months and the way it's continuing to go we are yeah. seeing you know all the the poor dog homes are just going to be full up it's mm. just so it's so yeah, sad it's very it's, sad. It's so sad but then i mean apart from that in the salon is you know just like people missing appointments can be difficult people well it all has a financial impact doesn't it an immediate financial impact you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs not doing anything but you're still having to pay for your um you know your rent or whatever your rates or your you know your your lifestyle as well you know so exactly I mean, that can be stressful, Book even just bookings. I mean, I feel like I'm almost glued to my diary sometimes. So like when your phone's like ping, 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 and it's just, it can be quite overwhelming just managing the diary. Something that's quite, that's quite another interesting point is the majority of people that I know that I've spoken to, they don't get into dog grooming because they want to run a business. Yeah, they get, into, yeah. <laughs> they get into dog grooming because they don't like people, but they love dogs. The, the business side of things, you kind of learn as you go along. Yeah. And and I think if you're coming into that now, that that has to be addressed. You have to be a business person to success in this industry now. And yeah. if you don't, if you don't get it right, if you don't get it right, right at the start, then that's definitely going to be a pitfall as you progress and your business grows. So yes. yeah, you know, like your book, getting your booking systems sorted out early days. I mean, I I've been grooming for more years than I care to mention now. Um, yeah. And you know, paper, pen, diary, that yeah. was it. Whereas yeah. now you've got you've you've not just got one booking system. There's a choice of different booking systems that you can use. Yeah. But, you know, I'm you still a bit of a booking system phobia, be honest. I, I find the idea of having <laughs> everything on a computer a bit daunting, but I'm yeah, 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 a bit that, old school in that respect. Um, <laughs> I always kept my business small enough that I, I could manage it. I never wanted yeah. to have um, a business that was that was that was giving me a headache like that. Not to say it didn't happen. Of course, it happened. But um, no, as you get popular and people recommend you to other people, and then you become um known for a, a particular breed then you get people yeah. traveling further afield so you know yeah. your books still fill up that way you know even you say think, I'm only ever going to do five dogs a day 
you know you yeah. end up sort of doing seven or eight dogs a day and it's like yeah. am I actually enjoying this anymore is it what yeah, I want to do takes its toll. it really does when you just push that little bit each day or every couple of days do that extra few dogs oh yeah that's I'll, right I'll pull that morning off you know I'll do that yes 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 yeah it's very easy to 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 say yes yeah I'll do that and even as it's coming out your mouth you're going I didn't actually mean that yeah that, that I'm definitely creates, guilty of that one <laughs> well that that does create a huge amount of stress yeah yeah I think 3 15 is my last appointment in the afternoon now because otherwise if you go start putting one in at half four whatever you're going to be in there till what six half six seven before you've finished and sorted your books out and tidied up and all the and that's when it starts having a, a knock-on effect to um the rest of your family yeah, because then you're not sitting down for dinner till half seven, eight. And then by the time yeah. you've done that, had a cup of tea, it's like nine o'clock. You're sort of looking at the clock thinking, oh, I'm going to be back in there in X amount of hours. So mm. <laughs> you've worked in a salon alone, but you've also sort of worked in a busier salon as well. How do you feel that, you know, the difference between the situations, um, you know, differs in, in the pros and the cons, really? I started off, um, in a salon, well, uh, a commercial training salon, really, yeah. um, where I was working with a mixture of people, students, and obviously the tutors that were there. Yeah. And, and I, was, I was just there a couple of days a week. And I didn't think I was going to like it because it involved, you know, talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, the, the, the team that I worked with, we, we had such a laugh. And, you know, if there was a difficult dog in, then and one of us was going oh then we could somebody else would just go take five minutes I'll take over dog, yeah. dog down for a break and when you're working on your own you don't have the ability to do no. that so no, again that I goes mean, back to your managing your diary again to allow plenty of time that if you are going to have and even if you're having the best dog in the world on the table if you've yeah. got out of bed the wrong side and you know you you're nearly at meltdown point because something not dog related has happened yeah. during the course of your day. You need to have time to be able to manage that. Have a cup um, of tea, go outside, have a yeah. quick breather. Yeah. You know, I I do believe in that. And there has been times where I've had a difficult dog on the table working alone, and I've like thought I, you know, I haven't got time to go and take ten minutes. I haven't got time to do this, but what I'll actually do instead which I don't know if you'll laugh at this but I put the dog in the crate I go into the kitchen I flick the kettle on and I just sit there and just breathe in the kitchen while the kettle's boiling because then I think I've taken some time it yeah. might not be the full cup of tea but actually when you sit and watch a kettle boil it does take quite a long time and <laughs> in does. that time <laughs> it yeah, gives it's me just, that time bad. to just go oh. but when you're working alone you have to recognise within yourself that it's time to put the scissors down. Yes, yeah, yeah. To put, you know, put the scissors down, walk away, take a breath, come back yeah. again. Now, like I say, going, going back to the salon versus uh, on your own, I, I, I love, I, I liked both. Yes, I, yeah. I enjoyed what, in fact, when I left um, the, the place where I trained, I, I took one of the girls with me. <laughs> she was well. There was there is a bit of a story behind that. It was a training um, school predominantly. Yeah. I stayed there. I stayed there to train. I went to my tutors. I said I'm going to have to leave. I you know I I I've, I've trained yeah. here. I need I need to start going on my own. They said okay. Well, how about 
you stay here and you don't have to pay tutoring fees anymore um but you know you you can carry on learning and I'm like oh that sounds like too good an opportunity to so I did that and then a few months after that I went oh no I've got to start earning some money so I went back and I said I'm really sorry I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to leave and they said well how about you still come in a couple of days a week and we pay you and I'm like hang on a minute this is uh hang on so I'm I'm continuing to train yeah um I'm now being paid for it and yeah. you know it's just a couple of days a week so I had a very young child at the time as well okay like, yeah. yeah okay so I literally stayed there and earned back all the money I could get <laughs> <You paid> on training <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was kind of handy and then sadly they they actually closed the commercial training grooming room down so yeah. we had no we had no option but to go at that point. So yeah. me and one so of the girls stuck together and yeah, me and one of the girls. And... And I thought, yeah, we'll we'll neither of us had a, a Scooby about running a business. So we yeah. thought, well, if we, if we're going to fail, we can fail together. Well, um, yeah, and help each other with the areas that you each struggle in. I think that's a brilliant idea because, I mean, when I first started grooming, I I went to an agricultural college and did my city and guild and. Um, at the end of the first year, um, the teacher that had been teaching us, I really, really liked her. I got on with her really well. She reminded me a lot of, like, a family member. Um, she was very, sort of, like, good at explaining stuff. She knew her breeds. Um, and when she left, I got so upset. I couldn't believe oh. it. I was like, I can't believe you're leaving us. How am I going to find anyone who's going to teach me like you teach me? Da, 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 da. And she was like, well, do you want to come to my salon and do some work experience? And I was like, yes. Yes, I do. Perfect, <laughs> and I was quite yeah. lucky, really, because actually she, the the teacher that we got in our second year, um, we, we did have to wait a bit longer for them to find a teacher. But once they did, they were a brilliant teacher as well. So I had these two great um, sounding boards, really, sort yeah. of in my second year to bounce between and um, sort of make the most of, really. And I really enjoyed working in her salon, doing work experience. And in fact, I think that is a really good way of, sort of getting into grooming is find someone who you know is going to teach you right um and alongside obviously learning like and, and it builds, so, your, builds your confidence every yeah. time you're doing you know if you're working with somebody that that knows better than you yeah um, and and you know even if you're an experienced groomer you can always find somebody who knows something that you don't you, yeah. you never you never never ever stop learning that's something that when you work alone you miss out on yeah so um I'm just going to ask a few questions about your downtime, like what you do when you relax. So could you like describe to me your perfect day off? What, what would you do to just whew, let oh it my go God. and be you? I'm, I'm pretty basic. I, I'm not the great one for material goods. I, I like as if it's nice weather, really yeah. good long dog walk. I mean, it sounds so doesn't really sound very interesting does it no it's 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 what I think well it's what I do out with the well I've just I've just um yeah well ah gardening you see I never understood people who like to be out in the garden I mean who wants to get their hands dirty when they're yeah I used to be working but we've recently (laughs) moved and I've now got a really big garden we we moved to have a bigger garden for the dogs like you do um and we've now we've now got a massive garden and I love it I'm out there even in the rain and I'm like, and my mum's a really keen gardener and she was really, I was, I was such a disappointment to her because I wasn't a keen gardener. And she's like, oh, come <laughs> out and garden. I'm like, 
no, 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 no. Now I've moved and I love it. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I missed out on all these yeah. years? <laughs> yeah, I think it is when you get to a certain time where life gets really busy, it's just heaven to find a bit of peaceful time doing something really basic, like natural earthly yeah. you know when you're out on a walk you're getting fresh air you're out in the sun getting a bit of vitamin d you're you know with your dogs you know yeah. so what's better than that and you're seeing stuff outside the house outside the salon and you're sort of flooding your brain with just like you say basic basic, basic. life keeping it, what, simple. <laughs> keeping it simple a life is so complicated what could be yeah. better than just doing and, and... simple things like gardening like i live in a small village in the middle of the countryside so you know what what is there to do you, you put on your headphones listen to a podcast if you want maybe some music or just in just switch everything off sometimes and just yeah. think right, what do I want over there what grow nice over there look it up you know get on get online order a few bulbs and then a couple of months time you've put in the ground you've nurtured it you've watched it grow yeah, and that is bringing life back to I'm, the most natural. You know I'm I mean? laughing. That's... I'm laughing at you because we planted. Am I sounding 70... like it? Am I sounding no, like... no, 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 not at all. It's just I, we planted 75 privet hedges a couple of weeks oh my ago, goodness. and I'm, I'm which is going the the breadth, just the width of my garden, um, yeah. to to separate uh, the main garden from what's going to be Neil's allotment at the back. That's how big it is. It's not a veg patch. It's an allotment. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and I'm going out there every day doing the poo picking like you do. Yeah. And I'm going up there and I'm checking every single one of these bloody plants And I'm walking back down towards the house and I'm thinking, what has my life become? <laughs> <laughs> I do it. Though. It's good. Well it's good. Whatever your life has become, mine has as well, because we're quite similar. <laughs> Why do you think it's important to set aside time to relax? Oh, it's so important. It's really very easy for work to become overwhelming and all-consuming, um, especially if you're running your own business. It's the same. I mean, if you're working in a salon, yes, absolutely. But it's one level up if you're running, you, know, you have employees or you're running your own business because basically you make yourself available 24-7, which kind of makes me go off on a bit of a tangent here because I think a lot okay. of groomers... Uh, make yeah. a rod for their own back as far as the being available 24 7 um, thing goes along um, the language a lot lot of our correspondence is done by text because it's easier yeah. because we're in the middle of doing something blah 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 it's late at night you don't actually want to pick up the phone and speak to somebody it's, lots of stuff is done via text I see lots of screenshots in lots of um, different forums going oh can somebody help me deal with this customer and yeah. the groomer starts off with, hi, hon, you're two and a half hours late. Are you still coming? Kiss, kiss, kiss. Yeah. It's not, it's, it, it's so unprofessional. And, and I think that anybody reading that will assume, here's a bit of an unpopular opinion. Customers are not your friends. Yeah. They're your clients. It's oh, a hard choice. And by the way you're hesitating, are you guilty of doing that, Carla? No, I feel like that I've learned the lesson, though, because I was that groomer who felt like all the customers were their friends because they come in, they're happy to see you, you know, you're they looking are. after their dog. But now I have, I have, I do agree with you. I've got to that point. It, it took a few years, but 
it seems like the ones you actually bend over backwards for the most are the ones that end up landing you in it the worst absolutely um, the and ones you can... that you really sort of try and put yourself out for are the ones that upset you the most in the end in but in my experience you can still have a great relationship with your yeah. customers and clients and, yeah, and you know some of those do especially if, again if you're running your own business you're working from home over years i mean i've got customers that i've been doing their series of their dogs you know for the past 20 odd years and i do are they friends <sighs> They're borderline it's, friends, you know? Mm, because yeah, you, you yeah. Have, you've watched their families grow up and you do become involved in them. But Of course, yeah. But what other, I think the only other industry where it's acceptable to have that kind of language is probably the performing arts. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. Belong, it doesn't belong in business. No. And, right. and, and you know, and, and nobody is going to take you seriously if you start off a conversation with hi, hun, or yeah. finish it with kiss, kiss, kiss. If you've yeah, got you something get, to say, you, from your you, can doctor, stay, you? you can stay friendly. You can, you know, there's, you can be polite. It, there is no reason why you can't have a great relationship with your client, but avoid using those terms because, in turn, those people that you're speaking to think you're your that they're your friend. They'll think yeah. that you can phone them at quarter to eleven at night or three o'clock in the morning. Oh, sorry, it's late. You know, yeah, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I think. I think that a lot of groomers would benefit greatly by addressing their terminology when they're using text to correspond with their clients. So I think that's, anyway, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent. I think, no, that's I think actually that is, that is really good advice. <laughs> Going back to how important it is to be able to time out and switch off. And I think if you bring that into your, your work environment, it's yeah. easier to differentiate between your work time and your downtime um, yes, uh, nothing will kill your passion quicker than being overworked it's about setting boundaries like of course you know be friendly with your customers ask them how their day is you know all the things that you would normally do for good customer service but then don't let that impact on your time and impact on money. your well-being because you're getting too tired and you're packing in too many days off where you're trying to help people out um yeah I think it's it I think you are 100% right because you wouldn't get high hern and kisses at the end of a text message from your dentist or you know nope. someone who your hairdresser if you missed an appointment you you know they'd be asking for the you know where where were you and are you going to pay for it it's really yeah. what you're going to be asked so yeah it's yeah. definitely about being professional it's over familiarization okay. I think that you know that that sort of language should be kept for your real friends and for your real family yeah yeah, and there's no harm in being polite, but drawing the line when it comes to, you know, you needing your time. I'm probably going to get hung for that now. You won't have been the first. You won't have been the first person to say it, and you won't have been the last. And I, I do think that you're actually you've hit the nail on the head there, really. So, do you think that having a passion outside of your work is important? Oh, passion. <laughs> That's probably so like, quite a strong word to use, a passion. I think it's not necessary to have a passion, but I think to keep opening doors to new interests is a healthy yeah. thing. Because unless you, you know, if you, if you don't open doors, you don't know what's behind them. You don't know what, where it may lead you. So I yeah. think that's very important to, um, you know, we talk a lot about balance in grooming when we're grooming dogs. But I think you, you need to have balance in life in general. Um, yes, so, you know, although my passion is still dogs, it's a world away from dog grooming. 
Um, yeah. And I do, you know, I, you, as you know, because you've sampled some of my baking, you know, I bake and I garden and I do all those things. They're not passions, not like no. my dogs are, but so I think to have outside interest is important. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. There you go. So um, with your, with your showing that you do, your hobby, can you tell us a little bit about it? Like, how did you get into it? Um, okay. How did I get into it? <laughs> By accident. Wow. How did you do that? Just um, walk into a talk No, it really was. I'm, I was one of these rather naive, blinkered dog people that thought that dog showing was atrocious. Really? Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I was, and I was really quite um, narrow-minded about looking bad oh. about it. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was my opinion's the right opinion and your opinion isn't. Yeah. So, and that, and that's the way it was. Um, we fell upon. I'd never groomed. Oh, <laughs> first Bedlington that I groomed was while I was working. Not long after I left the training place, and we we had yeah. a phone calling. We had a phone call inquiry. Got a Bedlington. So you know, we started going. Oh shit! What do we do with it? We've never done one. We never never trained on one. And yeah. we have no, notes from the grooming table was out then, but the internet was not. Um, okay. So we had no point of reference. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. What. So we were doing all these, you know, encyclopedia searches yeah. and going to the library. And we didn't want yes. to, because we were building up a business. We didn't want to turn it away. Anyway, we, we managed to kind of go, right, okay, we, we know what we've, we've got to do. And the, the, the day it arrived when this Bedlington was going to come through the get back gate and, um, oh God, it turned <laughs> I can't even tell you. It, it turned up. It was about 16 years old. Oh. <laughs> Bless it. It was, it was a clip off. Yeah. <laughs> it was a comfort trim. And so, how many times do we actually do that in the salon when you get a new breed and you're like, oh, I need to look this. <laughs> but again, at least now that you have so many ways of get, finding information, there really yeah. is, is little excuse to get it. To not look it up. To, yeah. to get it wrong, really, because there's so much, uh, you know, information out there. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get it spot on, but you can certainly look at photographs and, and use your. At least know what you're artistic, aiming for. At least. You know, know what your shape you're going to have to do. So. So yeah, so then I ha I didn't see another Bedlington until I owned one, which was some thirteen years later after wow. that first um, episode. So um, we got a we had a Bedlington poodle. We weren't looking for a Bedlington poodle. We lost lost three dogs in very quick succession. Yeah, we just want we just wanted a scruffy little lurcher, a little pocket rocket. We wanted a a, a Bedlington whippet. Yeah, lovely. so that's that's what we were on the hunt for. I'd never found a breed of dog that I was a hundred percent I have to have one of these so we we always okay. ended up with with crossbreeds down the yeah. years and uh we got this bedlington poodle maggie mayhem it was her bedlington traits that we fell in love with so my husband said to me well we can get a bedlington i'm, I'm quite happy to have a bedlington but only if you promise not to do that stupid haircut on it <sighs> so i went that's fine that's fine. It's not a problem. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I'm not particularly keen on that haircut myself. So, you know. So. Wow. So then Lottie came into the equation. Lottie's 
10 this year so I mean I've only had them for 10 years it's not a long time in the scheme of no, things. No I, so, I thought it was longer actually. Now Lottie bless her, I think Grotty Lottie as we call her, she's from working school, she's, she's not a showgirl um, but um, I obviously social media um, I got involved with a couple of Bedlington groups. There was a big Bedlington centenary or something or other that meet up. And we thought, oh, right. that would be fun to go to. So we went. And I had, over the course of the 18 months, two years that we'd had Lottie, had kind of been filtering in a proper Bedlington trim without yeah. my husband noticing. You know, we've all been guilty of doing that. Gradually and, uh, grow yeah, that face a bit more. Gradually show that tail a bit more. <laughs> that's right. It's exactly what we were doing. And but the, this meet was held at a club show. There was a club show oh, on brilliant. before the meet, so I got to meet a few show people okay. at that club show. And I thought this isn't what I expected it to be. What did you expect it to be, and why was it different? I it, from all that I'd heard it's very clicky okay okay and any any it's all clicky everyone around the rings are bitches nobody will talk to you and I was like it's just the dogs don't enjoy it the dogs hate it you know right. and I, I went and I watched this and I thought this this is so far removed from what yeah. I've been led to believe so you was pleasantly um, surprised definitely then. I was very pre- pleasantly surprised and you know yeah. and and there was a, a, a lady there who was grooming a mm-hmm. uh, Bedlington specialist who was grooming there and I'd had Maggie Maggie Mayhem my poodle cross she was uh, she had a an apricot toy poodle was her, was her dad and I had her in a full Bedlington trim by this time but she was Lovely. half the size of yeah. a normal Bedlington so of course everyone was going oh my god look at that Bedlington look at that Bedlington it's tiny <laughs> tiny I'm like it's not a Bedlington it's a poodle Bedlington and this lady was totally enamored with Maggie and yeah. she then introduced me to another lady who bred poodles. She'd had toy poodles and Bedlingtons, but separate, not together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she ended up being the breeder of my first showgirl, Tiffin. When you're actually in the ring, how do you feel? What's going on then? The anticipation when you're doing, you know, when you're at a big champ show. Yeah. It's 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 almost before you go in the ring. Once you're in the ring, you just you just go. It's all you're just on automatic it, yeah. pilot. You just mm-hmm. you just do it. Um, it's a lot more relaxed than you anticipate it to be. Yeah, you know. I you, thought that actually when you get in the ring. Once like you're you say, the build in the ring, a bit, Yeah, yeah. But, but once, once you're, you're in, in there, you're chatting to the people that are either side of you, whether you know them or you don't know them. You know, your yeah. dog's probably trying to get a bit of treat out of the other exhibitor's pocket you know there's always something going on you're (laughs) you're actually only showing your dog for 90 seconds yeah without even sort of intending to help yourself at work you kind of are because you're seeing the dogs how they're supposed to look like have you picked up many tips 100 percent. yeah yeah because especially if you're going to all breed champ shows because you're you're seeing you're seeing dogs not just in in the terrier group but from all the groups And believe me, people who show dogs like to talk about their dogs. It is the biggest place for you to go and get free education. It's 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 a huge benefit, I think, for general groomers to go to champ shows because you're going to see 
you're going to see great examples of the breeds that you want to work on or want mm-hmm. to improve. Yeah. You see them, you see the movement. Yeah. Right? And if you can, you can see the movement and you can understand the breed standard, surely that's got to help you on the grooming. Yeah. Table. And like, that's it. And um, like you say, people are helpful. Absolutely. And, and I think that's across the board with all the breeds. As long yeah. as you pick that, you do have to pick your moment. Yes, of course. Yeah, Not just as they're going in the ring. If you come over to me just before I'm going to go in the ring, uh, I'm unlike. I'm, I'm going to give you. Not Something a very quite, pleasant face. Quite Not deliberate. It's just yeah. <laughs> come yeah, after you. Straight forward. I'm busy. Come back in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, it's definitely. I'm. I'm never mind people coming over and having a chat. If people listening think right, do you know what? That might be quite a fun time. I work alone. I, I don't get to talk to other groomers very often. It'd be nice to get a dog and maybe start showing. Um, how would they go about? starting would you just say turn up to a show and talk to people or would you like you know what's the best way of getting into it if you know what if you know what breed you're interested in yeah then your first port call is the breed clubs right okay okay so if you if you're a little bit intimidated by the big shows then go to Mm -hmm. a breed club show which is a single breed it's just the breed that you're interested in there'll be you know it's like they're usually held in village halls or something like that so it's nice intimate place to go and if you if you're looking to to buy a show worthy dog these are the places you're going to find your breeders there and any breed any reputable breeder will have a a waiting list however any breeder that has a waiting list has a priority on that waiting list I've got one myself right so I might have somebody that's been on a waiting list for five years but if somebody comes to me at a show and I have a connection with that person and that person's really open and says you know uh, you know I'd, I'd love you to come and do a house visit and see what <laughs> blah 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 that person is immediately going to be elevated above the person that's been waiting five years yeah. who has dropped me an email going how much do you charge for your Bedlington pub finding a, a, a breeder that you you know have a connection with and um, who produces dogs that you're you, that you like the look of mm-hmm. you've then got a period of time to do all your research do all your homework prep and look forward to it. it's all a process and then you've yes. got your puppy and then you've got all your puppy training and then you've got all your ring craft training there's yeah. so much to do and it's all a pro- process and you've got to understand and enjoy every single element of that process including yeah. the the waiting so now i have uh, just a few questions to finish up with really every groomer that comes on i'm going to ask these questions too and it's just about giving a short answer on like <laughs> me short answers yeah, yeah go on <laughs> so what is it about our industry that impacts on our mental health the most what negatively or positively uh either I hadn't even thought of that question coming back at me <laughs> okay well yeah let's let's go in a positive way let's okay. get, how does it impact on you in a positive way uh, I but social media best of places worst of places in its yeah. best place it has connected me connected me with people that I am I consider part of my family now brilliant yeah and, yeah I totally know and, what you mean there and I, I would never have experienced that if I hadn't been a dog groomer. And yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, I was a graphic designer, I worked in a graphic design studio before I was a dog groomer. 
And I never had the connection with any of my colleagues there that that I have got with some of my show friends and some of my my grooming friends. So yeah, yeah. we are very very like-minded and it does make you feel part of something, doesn't it? Definitely. So there you go. Positive mental health. Come back on that question. Next, please. Okay. Um, What gives you the biggest sense of pride in your job as a dog groomer? Oh, seeing a happy dog. Oh, yes. Obviously, I like to see a nice, well-balanced, well-trimmed dog. But dog grooming on a day-to-day basis isn't about that. Dog grooming on a day-to-day basis is about having a a happy dog and a happy owner. And if if I can do that, then I'm a happy groomer. I love that answer. That's a lovely answer. Um, and what do you find most frustrating in the salon? Uh, not having enough money to buy all the equipment that I want. <laughs> to do more dog grooming. I'm, I'm such a sucker for, for <laughs> I'm such a sucker for new stuff on the market. I'm like, oh, I've got to have that. Me too, I definitely. It. I don't need yes. it. I don't. I'm, I'm never going to use that piece of it. Oh, look at all those stripping knives. I don't do hand stripping anymore. But, oh my god, <laughs> it looks so nice. <laughs> no I think that's brilliant oh well um I think that's that's all of my questions that I had planned out for you today and we've chatted all of them through and more so that's great is is there anything else that you wanted to add at all I don't know if there's anything you wanted to just bung in there at the end no I don't think so um if there's anybody ever wants to ask me anything about um my dogs um just be prepared that I'll I'll talk for hours Brilliant. That's exactly what we need. No, honestly, yeah, it's really nice speaking to people who are so passionate about their breed. Because I know when I started um, grooming Bedlingtons towards an exam, like you gave me so much advice. Honestly, like the the knowledge that this woman has about Bedlingtons is unreal. Um, so no, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed speaking to you about. You're show. very welcome. Thanks very much. All right, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Well. What a great person to get us started. Paula is so passionate about her breed and this industry. I was absolutely thrilled when she said she'd come on. I think she had some really helpful tips there about being strict when it comes to taking on too much and making sure you've got yourself organised. Next week, I will be talking to my first mental health professional, Lee Taylor, who is a practising qualified counsellor. We will be discussing self-confidence and self-acceptance and how it can affect us, and how counselling can help. If you want to stay up to date with Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast, then please follow us on your chosen platform. Also, give the Facebook page a follow too to get involved. For now, thanks for taking the time to listen. I hope you have a nice day. Cheerio!